A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films and Architude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 603. Hold on to your hats, people. <laughs> the not necessarily the box office report for the week ending. Do they ever end? Do weeks ever end anymore? At this point, no. I don't even know what month we're in. Again, September 6th. I only know it's September because it's my birthday. I thought we were on like March 250th, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and I we say not we've been saying not necessarily the box office report that predates COVID, but it's never been more true than now. So, right. uh, before we dig in, let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin, and this is Tom. And we might or might not have a guest joining us. Uh, we have a guest who's supposed to be chiming in from Mulan, and uh, they seem to be running a little bit late. They were also going to join us for the. Not necessarily the box office report. So if they pop up midway, we're gonna we're gonna bring them on. So yeah, just brace people for that. They were like, not necessarily. I came on for the full <laughs> box office report experience. If you're gonna bring me in for this crap, he was probably like, oh, I thought it just meant I didn't necessarily have to be have to be it. on. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Steven Spielberg has a very limited amount of time. Right, you know, yeah. like that's yeah, that's <laughs> the way that is. I, I get it. It's okay. Well, that's the thing, though, but if Steven Spielberg did this episode, he was going to stick around for the next, but we have a backup that will only do Mulan, correct, so yeah, we correct. might end up with our second choice. David Fincher is going to be on the next episode. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, shameless plugs, don't forget we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and uh, you can also join the League of Show Shares. One of the easiest ways you can help the show uh, is to just share an episode. So people who are kind and of... Tom like will sh- read your name every single week, guaranteed. <laughs> Unless no Facebook chance changes their <laughs> privacy settings. So, uh, so here are people who, I should say, uh, a list of people, but not necessarily limited to these people who shared the episode <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> Ralph Tribble... Glenn Cougar, Mellon Brewer, Tammy Sherman Powers, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Tom Comiskey, Carl Clarkson, Chris Williams, Chris Magic Man, Lane Levanway, Ryan L. Terry, Jason Weesey, Heather Sachs, and Chris Valls. And uh, if uh, if if I'm missing you and you've been sharing it, maybe reach out. That Facebook made a bunch of changes, and and it's a lot harder to find 
people who have shared something now. So it's true. We appreciate. God forbid patience. we make social media a simple, yes. user accessible platform. But don't feel singled out. We're not. Uh, we're not deliberately ignoring you. So, um, uh, and then also don't forget we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash real spoilers. Uh, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help out. Uh, we recently had to purchase. All sorts of new equipment, a new computer, a new board, a new mod, the whole thing. We had to rebuild it from the ground up so it would continue to sound as as good as it does. So uh, so thank you for the people that, that chip in every month. We greatly appreciate it. And there's a fine example of what your money goes to, not just pizza parties at the bowl. <laughs> because we all what? get the Rona. Oh, sh- we don't. Joe, Joe's never been invited to the pizza parties oh, yeah. at the bowling alley, yeah. Tom. This Damn real, it! The really sad thing is, we still invite Blake. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, Blake is the one, the only one at the bowling alley. We've actually never been invited. That's yeah. the ironic part. He has salsa parties. So uh, <laughs> there's all that, I guess. So do we actually have some sort of numbers to discuss? So there actually is, for the first time that I've seen in a long time, a weekend forecast for the box office. So these are estimates based on their tracking. We don't have final numbers. I mean, of course, we record during the weekend anyway. Right. Uh, So we always had estimates. It's also a holiday weekend. Well, in that case, Kevin has his... How do we pronounce this name? Abacus? Abacus. (laughs) Abacus. Jim Bacchus? (laughs) Thurston Howell III? Uh, Kevin has his abacus at the ready, Kevin. I do, Tom. And uh, I think it's no surprise the New Mutants has completely wiped out Tenet. Uh, it saved cinema. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with that Tenet in theaters things because the New Mutants with $150 million this weekend during a global <laughs> oh, I was pandemic. Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> now, this weekend, of course, Tenet finally hit theaters in the U.S. It opened overseas, uh, pretty much everywhere else in the world, or a lot of the main territories uh, previously. But this weekend, it's in the U.S., and they are estimating that the four-day weekend will be $24.5 million. So pretty much right on the money for what we discussed last week, thinking yeah. it would be in the 25 to $30 million range. Now, the asterisk on there is that basically Tenet opened Monday, so they, oh. it's a four-day weekend, but Tenet's going to be open for seven days. So, so it's a week. So they say that b- through September 7th, it, it's going to be estimated to total $35 million in its first week. So it's a little confusing. N- not like the release slate for Tenet has been confusing any time right. before now. So <laughs> get prepared for some confusion around Tenet. And we haven't even talked about the movie yet. So uh, <laughs> 25, about $25 million for the four-day, but $35 million, including all those previews, which the previews were like Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And they might have even had some day screenings. It's just they're trying to roll it out in a, in a really strange way to where they didn't do, because of the pandemic, they didn't do a lot of sneak previews like through the marketing companies. So I guess they were like, well, we'll just have our own previews. And those are you buy tickets and go to, <laughs> that's like, just it's called this... opening your movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. that's, that's not a sneak preview. <laughs> I know, I know. So they were actually calling them advanced or sneak preview. I can't remember the terminology, but something like that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know about that. That's interesting. <laughs> but if you think about it, when we weren't in the pandemic, uh, they had it wasn't exactly like three days running up into the release, but remember they would do like a Saturday the week before the release date. Every like once some kids' in a while. movies would, yeah, they started like, sure. that. Yep, yep, yep. And almost all the movies now, um, you know, were, well, back when there when there were tradi- you know regular times, but <laughs> uh, all the uh, movies did it virtually all 
did a soft open on Thursday night, they would still image it as if it opened on Friday, but there was almost sure. always a 7 p.m. screening on Thursday night. Right, exactly. And even New Mutants last week when they did that, or what, it's been two weeks now, but New Mutants did the same kind of thing where they, they still held to the Thursday night screenings. But yeah, this is the Wild West. They're figuring out all new ways to release movies. We talked, of course, about Bill and Ted. Uh, the Bill and Ted Face the Music was the new one that came out last weekend, and that was a dual theatrical for theaters that are open, and a lot of drive-ins had it and vod and so it's like they're splitting theatrical and vod some countries are getting theatrical because they're open but the u.s is only getting vod uh warner brothers is the only one so far i think well i guess that's not true the only major release has been warner brothers uh because the unhinged movie with russell crowe that was a theatrical oh, yeah. only Man, i was I, why would they do of all the movies you could put out that's the one you're going to throw out in theaters why because after oh, this man. weekend it will already have made 12 million dollars well never mind i mean yeah. during and a pandemic i don't know that that movie would have made appreciably more no, probably not. Normally, like I mean, it's I mean, it's late August. It's a pretty you know down and dirty little thriller. I, I just I don't know that it would have. I mean, I think that's probably about what it would have made anyway. Is this I, well, just on the the idea of the down and dirty thriller? Is this the time of year where we've been getting those like kind of throwbacky like eighties mid early nineties thrillers? Like remember we had like those those run of those movies for a second where we would get like. I, I, I hate to call him schlocky, but like, I don't know what was the one uh, with J with uh, J Lo where she was. So that was in January, I believe. Okay, okay. I just feel like we were getting like yeah. one or two of those. I f I feel like you tend to see those either in like first quarter or like in that lull of summer before we start ramping back up for the Oscars, uh, the Christmas, Thanksgiving season yeah. box office. Right, like it, oh, fit, it fits here too. Yeah, it doesn't want to compete with summer movies, but it's not quite what used to be a January movie. Right, uh, but now the game has changed with you know January movies uh, and especially February movies. And I was talking about this online uh, actually with Ryan Terry, friend of the show and one of the show sharers, uh, where he was saying, "Well, there's a precedent for January being the dumpy ground, and we've always known that." But sure, it's but there's there have been exceptions to the rule, and noticeably more and more as as recent years have shown us. And so I feel like now it's just smart strategy. It's like playing Moneyball with the movie releases. Yeah. Why would you go up against now that, I mean, in theory, when it's not a pandemic and you have three Marvel movies and four DC movies, you know, so big superhero stuff's coming out every month. And then you're talking about other big blockbuster movies outside of that and franchise films. And why go up against those when you could pick January? And who cares if it used to be known as the dumping ground? Like if you have a star attached or a property people are excited for, Put it there, no competition. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what Unhinged did. Like Tom said, I don't think it would have made more. I mean, it probably made more now because it was all that was out. Yeah. That's, right? it's, no. the Paul, it's the Paul Blart rule, right? Oh, but what, you'll have to explain that. Well, one. I mean, like that's that, when Paul that Blart movie, came out was in Yeah, January Paul Blart, and... like they timed it perfectly did where there was nothing coming out yeah. and it made like a ridiculous amount of money. And okay. Enough to justify a Paul Blart too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a, there's a direct-to-video third one. Is there? Is there really? I thought maybe not. I could have <laughs> sworn there was like another Paul Blart movie with not Kevin James. Oh, I don't know. Like Larry the Cable Guy is one. Paul Blart. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. Um, right. Did I? 
told you guys, I think a couple years ago, that Jingle All the Way 2 starring Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Of course. Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> was very popular in the direct to DVD <laughs> market. So anyway, I don't know. But uh, so back going back to Tenet, $25 million for a four-day weekend. I mean, for a movie that had a $250 million budget or whatever, you know how they kept bouncing around with that. But obviously it's not a huge take uh but i mean for the time that we're in i guess it's decent it's just such a strange they're hoping this thing will have so much legs i'll tell you what i looked up the long range tracking so if you go to box office pro let me scroll down to the very bottom here i saw they had and this was just as of i think a week ago so this is a current tracking update they have it tracking to do 150 to 300 million domestic total in its entire run, it opened to twenty five. Like, not how happen. long are There's they no waiting? How long do they? But you know, Warner Brothers said this is going to be such a strange release because because of movie theaters being closed, they're going to launch Tenant, but they're going to hopefully, you know, in theory, they're going to keep it around longer. And then I think their their goal is to keep it around so long that things get better, and then people can finally get to the theater to see it. Whereas that group is, you know, the group that wanted to stay home will will have not seen it yet. But I that's just a long. There's gonna be a long time. Yeah, man, you're I, looking yeah. at like next year. I honestly, I, I don't see this. Given you know, in this country currently, uh, this isn't getting better. Yeah, like I mean, is it getting worse? Probably not. Is it staying the same, which is not good? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, you know, like it, it's not getting better. It's not getting worse. But we aren't. It, we're just you know. Of all the times for us to like go to the baseline, this is not the time to be yeah. <laughs> at the baseline for this thing. But I don't know. Like it's just I think depending on what Mulan does, I, I could I could see them. Here here's my question though. Basically, what does next year look like uh, with every movie? Right, like next year next year is going to be overloaded. <laughs> you know, with I mean I didn't no everything's going to next year. Like nothing went to twenty twenty two, right? Yeah, I mean, most, I mean, yeah, the stuff from 2020 that they pushed off was pretty much all 2021. Yeah, like that it's going to be, they're going to clog the market. I got no Joe. Oh, he froze. I didn't see that. Well, that's always fun. <laughs> he got, he was so, I think when he talked about everything going to 2021, he met him too. Yeah. <laughs> hey there. Hey, that was weird. My internet, like the router is it doesn't matter move moving forward <laughs> so anyway yeah we'll we'll see what tenant does i don't know how it has those kind of legs and honestly that sounds like the tr- the forecast from before the whole pandemic bit but that article was just recently updated so i think it'd be strange if they didn't revise it so i don't know how it would get to 150 million my only thought is maybe they're thinking that there are a lot of people that want to see it that will that it will have longer legs because people one have fewer choices obviously as we've discussed repeatedly but also the longer it stays in theater maybe the safer people feel about it like when people when i see 25 million dollar week and i'm like i am so glad i did not go to see that movie but yeah when it when it gets to like a five billion dollar weekend then maybe it's like well maybe i can thread the needle you know what i mean they they maybe they they think as the numbers decline like that decline will maybe plateau at a lower level and hold there longer as people feel 
safer. Oh, I, so you're saying like you, they they consistently put up like ten million dollar weeks? Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, and I don't think they know. I don't think anyone obviously knows for sure uh, with the way this thing's going. Like Joe said, I don't see it getting a lot better. But yeah, um, and just sit there and churn at eight, you know, at eight to ten million dollars for for six weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, coming in at number two. The New Mutants, as I said, saving cinema. So they were first to do it. Ten is just a copycat. Uh, Foxes or Disney Foxes, 20th Studios, whatever you want to call them. New Mutants with 3.9 million, a 44% drop. So, I mean, that's a nice chunk of change for another week. It's The New Mutants. People didn't even think the movie existed. Yeah, <laughs> up until like, so, yeah, it was it was all a joke. It was all a gag that they right? they just they just filmed like bits for the trailer or like yeah, like an it. SNL skit. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Gotcha." This People are a- so confused about this new mutant movie that they're actually uh, demanding the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah, oh, he can do it if anyone can. What the Trank cut? The tr- oh. Release the Trank cut. <laughs> I mean, at this point, sure, you know. If Disney Plus is like, hey, we have the Josh Trank cut of Fantastic Four. <laughs> All right. Sure. Hey, man. Nothing if, else going on. If we can get a, a new Godfather 3, then. Okay. So <laughs> I just, I, I don't think I've ever actually watched that movie like all the way through. Right. So when they announced that, I was like, what is the, all right, I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to watch it. And I did. And it's not terrible. That movie's. Uh, I, I've always been. I hate to say a defender of that movie because I mean it's not. It's not great, but like honestly, I think that movie's biggest sin is that incest. It's, it's not one of the greatest movies of all time, right? I mean, like, yeah. The first two are literally two of the greatest movies ever made in the history of American cinema. Right. And so when you make a third one that's not that. I mean, we're lucky we got a movie as good as Godfather 2, right? Yeah, Coming off sure, of Godfather right. 1. And so so to ask someone to make three all-time classics back to back to back within the same franchise. I mean, who 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 do they think they are? Toy Story? <laughs> yeah. Lord of I the mean, Rings? Those yeah, movies I mean, are all solid. Yeah, I mean name name an, another movie outside of Toy Story that's really accomplished that. Captain America. Captain America solid. The, I mean, they're they're solid. Are they all, are are they literally no. some of the like the best movies ever made? Like if you're going to make not. a list of the top of top 10 films ever made, those movies are a blast and I'm not disparaging them, but sure. like but they're they're not that you know what I mean? No, I agree. I was just yeah. yeah. And the second and third, I think, are even better. I like the first a lot, but I think yeah. the second and third are better films. I, yes. I would agree. I, I would totally so, agree. But they um, they improved upon themselves. It, it's it's a rare few. You're, you're yeah, but right. and and I'm and again, I'm not saying that there aren't movie you know franchises where all three are good or whatnot. I'm saying are examples of the best American cinema in the history of filmdom. Like that's totally. that's what Godfather one and two are, and yep. I mean I haven't seen New Mutants two or three yet, so it's just <laughs> and yeah, nor will you, nor will you. But no, um, it's just, it's so. a very weird. It's I don't know. Like it's definitely it feels weird because they it feels like they're trying to set up Andy Garcia to do a Godfather four. Yeah, I think they were. I think they and were. Then, I think the studio had some sort of hope that they could spin this character off. 
And because they tried that before, right? The Sicilian technically yeah. takes place within the universe of the Godfather. What is that? But, okay, so here, so the Sicilian is a Mario Puzo novel mm. starring uh, Christopher Lambert. Uh, in this, and I will say the director's cut is really good. Yeah, okay. I've never seen it. I've read the it, book, it, but I never. It's new. Like it's yeah. a new thing. Like it's probably been out uh, five years, maybe. Okay. So oh, the, okay. So the director's. So, well, I mean, the the movie is older, but oh. they just released the director's cut on Blu-ray, and it's significantly better than. At least but the yes, Lambert it, cut. I, the Lambert cut, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is also set in that world. Uh, and uh, yeah. I believe if it's been a long I mean, I read the book in high school. That's how long ago I read the book. But uh, if memory serves, it follows like one of the bodyguards who was protecting Michael. Yes. During his exile in Sicily. Yes. After mm-hmm. he killed the police chief. And and, yeah. and, uh, and then it kind of follows his like rise to power okay. um, in, in Sicily. Yeah. In Sicily. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you think Sicilian, you think, you know, the Highlander. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, and then there were also years later, like in the what early two thousands, they they wrote a couple yeah. Godfather sequel, the Godfather books. Returns, which yeah. I think focuses on uh, uh, dang it, the big guy Luca Brasi. Yeah, that's right, I think yeah. it's like a part of the yeah. But, but it's just it, when you when you watch, you are like, all right, it's not t- it's not bad. Yeah. But you got some, you got some problems. But so, some so, <laughs> uh, so Coppola apparently is is like he's saying that there's going to be a new ending and a new beginning. Like it's, uh, like he, there's a there's a lot he wanted to do differently that he apparently there is footage for, and it sounds like it's going to be a pretty significantly different uh, cinematic experience. So I don't know. That ending is pretty. I don't know. I feel like the ending of that movie is what that ending needed to be. I think a lot of it, like, when they flash forward to the death of Michael Corleone, it's also getting yeah. a new title. It's going to be called uh, "God, The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Which, okay. that's and, just terrible. Well, that's what he yeah, wanted to call a, it. Not, fir- a, not good. That's what he wanted to call it the first time, and <laughs> well, the studio wouldn't let him. Well, first of all, it's going to be called Mario Puzo's The right. Godfather, <laughs> yes. comma, coda, the de- colon, the death of Michael Corleone. I mean, there's The Godfather Part 3, and then there's Mario Puzo's The Godfather, comma, coda, the death of Michael Corleone. Doesn't exactly roll right off the tongue. Well, neither did... Uh, well, he's got a history of that, right? Let's not forget uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Brom Stroker's Dracula. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's he's doing this. He's been, on a, he's, he's been on a tear lately of, yeah. uh, you know, he did yet another re-edit of Apocalypse Now. and then He did? Yeah. Uh, is this like quarantine projects? Yeah. Coppola's got bored? nothing else to do. Yeah, so Drinking his a, wine. And... Now there's a third version, which is called The Final Cut. And, um, uh, and then he also just did a re-edit of The Cotton Club, which... Uh, I don't we, think I've ever seen that. So the Cotton Club was kind That's of That's the Richard Gere one, right? Yeah, Richard Gere and Gregory Hines and and uh I remember when it came out it was like definitely like designed to be a prestige picture and then it just tanked hard and uh I saw it a million years ago on cable but I've never but I actually purchased uh the down I on Vudu I purchased the the re-edit of the Cotton Club um mm-hmm. 
because it was on sale for like five bucks. I didn't even know there was one, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, you got me." I haven't watched it yet, but supposedly it's it is a marked improvement over the original because uh, Coppola complained that the studio basically had him cut a lot of gerbils. The Cotton Club, for people that oh. don't know, was about a, a, a jazz club in the in, during Prohibition that that uh, that where all the performers were black and and so white people would go to see these what all these people who would go on to become legendary performers and and uh and so then he, they kind of created this gangster story around it and it would toggle back and forth between the stories of the black performers and the stories of the white gangsters oh. and because he was coming off godfather one and two they pretty much just wanted the gangster stuff and so they ended up making him cut a lot of the the black storylines and he was just like well this movie doesn't make any sense when you don't <laughs> go back and forth like that's the whole point and uh and so I, I sounds like a lot of that has been restored oh that's cool i i i think that's neat when directors get to see their vision and you know get all that studio meddling to the you know throw all yeah. that away it, it's just neat you know you also got to wonder with the way Godfather 3 ends, right? Yeah. You do that flash forward and you see, you know, an aging uh, Michael Corleone in, in what you assume is the then present day, so circa 1990. Yeah. And he dies. And it's a cheesy death because it's such a mirror image of how Don how, Corleone, how, how, Vito, how Corleone, Vito dies. Yeah. yeah, that you're just kind of like, really? That seems a bit on the nose. But um, <laughs> uh, but it, you got to wonder, does, does he does he go get Pacino for a day and shoot have him actually stuff? be that age? Like... You're right. No, he'll find a way to de-age him so we can just do all the... <laughs> He's not Scorsese. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. What was I thinking? Who He wanted to direct Godfather 2. That was who he suggested. He didn't want to direct Godfather 2. He suggested to the studio that they get Scorsese and he said, and, and the studio said no. <laughs> no, we'll take you. Oh, that's... You want to know another interesting tidbit I learned about the Godfather in the very long article about... Uh, Coppola, sure. or interview with Coppola. Uh, they they wanted, when they were turning the book into a movie, they wanted to set it in the present day, the then present day, the 1970s, because it would have been cheaper. And they felt like there were too many New York movies, and so they wanted to change the location and move it to St. Louis, our hometown. I mean, that could have worked. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I told Tom on the chat, I'm like, we're always getting screwed here. Two things. So Disney World... Was supposed to be in St. Louis supposed before to be he moved Louis, it yeah. to Orlando, and The Godfather could have been set here. Two iconic things that could you imagine if Disney World was here? How different the amount of money and oh tourism coming into St. Louis, like, yeah. it, it, unbelievable how it could have changed the entire. It also makes me wonder if Disney World was here, would we hate Disney? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. I know a lot of people, like uh, guests of the show a couple weeks ago, Jesse Malton and Leonard Malton, I, they live in, in California, and they live right by Disneyland. And I'm like, do you guys go all the time? We love Disney, and I would love to live there. And they're like, well, we reserve it for special occasions. We don't go all the time because we don't want it to turn into just another, like right. I gave the example, Six Flags. Like Six right. Flags for us is just like, oh, that's, you know. I feel, I, I, I was, I've been to Disneyland twice it's mm. easier for us to get to disney world uh in this part of the country and i will say i i feel like disneyland feels to me a little bit like a disney themed six flags and i think it's two things one it's because it's so small because compared to disney world um which i get 
But the other thing, too, is I think there are a lot more locals that go to Disneyland. It's mostly all. The majority is locals yeah. because it's not a tourist destination. Right. So, not in the same yeah. way that Disney World is, especially. And so at Disney World, everybody's there on vacation and they're in vacation mindset and they're they're like having a great time and they've been planning this for, you know, a year or more mm-hmm. and they're just have a different a spirit about them where when you go to Disneyland it's a lot of people that are like okay we got to pound through this ride because I still got to be at work at five like it's yeah you know totally. so, I, like a Six Flags mentality yeah the mood the corn dogs whatever get on Mr. Freeze and yeah. yeah the mood of the park is totally different than mm-hmm. the mood of Disney World which I found fascinating well, when you're spending that much money in planning for years, like you said, Disney World is such a different, like, we're away from work. We're away from all our right. worries, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to make it magical and the best thing ever. And, yeah, it's it's so different. And let's just go to, you know, the park on Saturday to ride some rides in, right. you know, a couple hours. So Godfather 3, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've always been a detractor of Godfather 3. And the thing is, I didn't watch those in real time. And I'm not saying that you did. But I did. Well, I didn't watch the first two in real sure, time. Right, it right. came out when I was two and five. Exactly. Right? But, but I watched, I did see Godfather 3 in theaters. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was their opening weekend, man. Yeah, but so I discovered them one, two, three in a row on DVD, and you know, after watching two of the greatest films of all time, I was like, "This sucks." This is, and I've always compared it to Rocky Five, where you just blow through all these movies, and then you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't care about this new guy coming in." And I, you know, I, I've always, I, I've always not enjoyed it, uh, and I think watching them like that, it's like binging shows or whatnot. Yeah. Watching one, two, three, um, so. I am excited to see what Coppola does with with this. I'm always welcome for movies that uh, weren't that good but had potential. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing I say for remakes. If you've got a movie there and a bunch of footage and the studio made you do it one way and you've got a, a better story you want to tell, I'm all for it. Like, you know, it never these remakes director's cuts they never take away the original stuff so they're only extra if you don't like it fine if you don't want to watch it give it a shot fine but i mean why not yeah absolutely so hey joe's back oh hi hey joe do you know where the godfather was originally supposed to be set st louis yeah (laughs) how'd you know that we didn't know how much of that you heard all of it Ah. oh you heard all of it (laughs) yeah Oh, you weren't here. So I, for... No, I, I heard up until the same. So, I mean, the St. Louis thing makes sense. Like, there was a massive uh, mafia presence in St. Louis uh, in the 60s and 70s. I always so think Chicago way more than St. Louis. Totally. But... No, that makes sense. But there, I mean, if you can, there's, uh, there was like a, a, a war that happened, mm. like, in the city. Um, the, there's an infamous story about a guy named Polly, whose nickname became Polly Parts. Because they found parts of him over here, and they found parts of him over there <laughs> oh. after after a car bombing. Like that's a real story. Oh, jeez. Well, good thing that uh, you're on the show where they can't touch <laughs> us, right? No, you're fine. <laughs> La Casa Nostra is not real. <laughs> so uh, coming in at number three because uh, New Mutants, you know, unfortunately didn't uh, take the number one spot from Tenet, but did pretty well. Uh, number three, Unhinged, that we talked about earlier, uh, another two point two million this weekend. So. Talk about why. I mean, third week in release during a pandemic, another 2.2 millions found money. If they went straight to VOD, they would just get that VOD crowd anyway. So yeah. why not? Uh, they say by the end of this four-day weekend, it'd be sitting at around $11.7 million. So 
you know, it's just like the uh, straight to video stuff. We talked about uh, planes being a straight to video and then releasing in theaters. Like, why not give it a shot on theaters? If people show up great uh, with digital distribution, it's so cheap to put movies out now. It's not like you're hiring the, the dude with the briefcase and the, the handcuffs attached to the <laughs> film reel. Remember how they used to like have to guard those film reels with their lives and, and, and drive around the country and uh, distribute them. So it's such a different game now. And I, it was a smart move. And Joe, did you see Unhinged? No. And Tom, did you end up for the radio? I did not. It? I ended up. Oh, not you never saw it. it. Okay. I never did. Um, I think uh, Joe, especially, I think you'd really like it. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I reviewed it. There's a review on Review STL. I reviewed oh, okay. for okay. A, a written review. Um, it's pretty much a horror movie. Uh, the, uh, so it, you, like it's a thriller, but it is he is he is a a killer like Jason or Michael Myers. He is stalking this woman. It basically it's a road rage incident that just goes terribly insane. And to uh, me, it looked like um, falling eye. down meets duel. Yeah, falling down because of the fed up nature and being so sick. That's what propels him. Like road rage, obviously, first of all, is bad all the time. But second of all, even if you do have road rage, you shouldn't then be setting out to kill people. <laughs> right. So the falling down is like the him fed up and all that. Uh, but but really, the it's it's a sure it's a thriller. But there are so many horror elements. Like make a mistake, it's this down and dirty little horror movie disguised as a thriller suspense movie. And I think you'd really like it for that reason. Okay. I mean, I, Russell Crowe's one of those guys that I feel like has given up in, like, going after prestige roles. He He's kind of just like, you want to pay me to be Dr. Jekyll? Okay. You want to, you know, like, so if he's in a movie, like, he's not a draw for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to be. Sure. I, I don't I don't know when that, when that switch happened. Maybe it was the whole Meg Ryan thing, because he stopped, like, doing oscar winning roles <laughs> well you don't just get to just... go to the oscar winning role store like there's yeah a lot but you of... can be more selective about what you're yeah, doing you can certainly be selective but there's a lot of things that you, you don't know. know though i mean it's that's it's the roll of the dice like actors gotta eat and they take these roles and sometimes you hope like we know they swing for the fence and you could tell a movie that's supposed to be oscar bait and yeah and, and, and yeah and that's, true. Prestige that's true and, and it ends up failing and then you take a couple to pay the bills and then you get a divorce and have to pay out half your i mean you know stuff happens and it's not like yeah i mean every actor would just choose the oscar winning roles if they could Good, but well, what I what I, I don't mean I guess not Oscar winning roles, but maybe not Doctor Jekyll. I you know what? Yeah, but I mean, but look at all the people in the Dark Universe. Right? That was yeah, going to be a like, thing. Yeah, that was going to be like a recurring. If you're like, hey, do you want your Marvel Universe? Right. Like, like yeah, I, right. I I feel like on paper, yeah. I, I I think lots of really good name actors would have. I mean, they you know they got Tom Cruise to sign on for that. You know what I mean? That's true. That's like true. this movie star out there. Yeah. So I mean, I, well, yeah. I mean, they didn't get The Rock. Well, he's not that tall, but I mean, yeah, he's a big <laughs> movie star. But yeah, so it's like, I, you know, I don't, begr- you know, that's, I mean, it's certainly a paycheck movie, but as paycheck movies go, it's, it, you know, yeah, they were trying to come up with the horror equivalent of the Marvel Universe. On paper, yeah. that sounds pretty cool if they could have pulled it off. Yeah, it's a and shame now, that movie Now was... Blumhouse says, I got it. But that movie single-handedly killed the yeah. entire Dark Universe. <laughs> like, how crazy is that that you get Tom Cruise and and uh, Jake Johnson was the yeah. was he the friend in that? Like, he's yep. really funny. And but you get Tom Cruise to kick off your cinematic universe based on a beloved franchise and the universe. Well, okay, okay. The Mummy isn't a beloved franchise. Like, it's like how is the, it not beloved? It's like the fourth tier 
of the Universal Mon. Like, you know, it's Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon sequel, the Wolfman sequel, Abbott and Costello, <laughs> then The Mummy. <laughs> Yeah, I think the mummy ranks I'm, a little the, higher than that. But no, he does. But I'm he's talking about not. the Brendan Fraser stuff. I'm talking but about that's, that's different. That's yeah, not. But they're still rebooting that franchise, though. Like they're they're no right. no 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 that 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 mummy franchise that they were rebooting was the the original Universal monster franchise. It was that the mummy with Brendan Fraser is a completely different movie. Like that's like action and. Uh, with a mummy twist they wanted to do the wolfman and frankenstein and right of uh, dracula that mummy is very different from the mummy from the brendan fraser version what i'm saying is the mummy franchise with brendan fraser made more money than any of those other franchises i agree and they, they wanted a chance to reboot the mummy and you know with that one being the most popular they started with that they got tom cruise attached and they totally screwed the pooch the, like, yeah how it's just crazy to think they do that they had plans for an entire universe and that movie's so bad that it's weird they had plans for an entire universe but none of them they hadn't even talked about the big three like it it wasn't uh there was like the johnny depp invisible man i Mm -hmm. think and then there was something else oh there's dr Dr. but it was just like no frankenstein no wolf like your three big heavy hitters they're just like eh, whatever We'll get to it. I think, they, I think, yeah, I think they wanted to come at it sideways the same way that, right. you know, I think they felt like if, you know, if if they do a mummy movie and they don't get it quite right, people aren't going to be as outraged as if they do a Frankenstein movie and they don't get it That's quite right. True. And so it was like, hey, let's kind of get our universe established and take uh, do our growing pains with with the with the lesser stuff and then bring in. Frankenstein and Dracula and you know what I mean I which I think shows a certain amount of of smarts I think that that makes sense it's just because it's like imagine as bad as that mummy movie is imagine if they had done that to Frankenstein sure sure I mean, he would totally killed it for sure. Frankenstein, I think, is a really hard movie to do in modern it's times. It's very hard. They've yeah. tried to. I mean, if you think about the Universal Monsters movies, as much as we love them, and I know Joe loves them, in, mm-hmm. you know, more than anyone, and Tom loves them, and Dan's not here, but he, I can hear him talking about yes. how much he loves them from here. <laughs> but I mean, those movies were made in a different time. Like they're great, but they're also were made they're in of the time their era. Of, of their yeah. era, and so trying to in 2020 come out with a Frankenstein and make and take that seriously, you have to really be careful with how you handle it because it's either going to come out really cheesy, or it's going to be completely different than the source material, and then people are going to get mad that you well, are so, oh, so that's, far. That's away. the thing, right? Is the the Boris Karloff one is very different from the source material. Yeah, it's it's the the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that came out in like mm. the early 90s was closer to the source material than uh the boris karloff version so mm-hmm. that's it's tricky because remember we had that what was that one with uh aaron eckhart that was like i, I frankenstein, frankenstein. Oh, yeah remember like that's the, well, i remember yeah tom and that, i saw in the theater together that, on that, the, that was yeah. mean we showed up to the same theater not even planning it yeah. Crystal was there <laughs> right. like, it was I, just you guys in the theater Pretty much. There was like one yeah. other person there, but I, I'll never forget it because like 
I remember looking at Tom. We just did the thing like it was so cringeworthy. <laughs> but yeah, like I totally agree with you, Kevin. Like it, the, uh, Dracula is an easy thing to do. The Wolfman is an easy thing to set in 2020. Yeah, you could do Franken- a horror wolf. You can do vampire sure. movies, but yeah. Frankenstein. But Frankenstein's gonna be difficult. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. But yeah, I, I was looking it up. Those mummy movies, each of them, even the third one, all made over four hundred million dollars. The one with Jet Li. The third one with Jet Li. I believe so. Yeah, because Scorpion, yeah. Uh, the Scorpion King was the bad guy in the second, right? The Mummy right. Returns. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, over four hundred million, and you're talking those about things early... were juggernauts, and they're yeah. good. Those first two movies are real, f- massively amounts of uh, amounts of fun. Yes, absolutely. The I third one movies. was just a cash grab. You could tell well, nobody yeah. wanted to be there. But The Mummy and then Pirates of the Caribbean all around yeah. that same time. Like, I miss those big, epic, wide-scope action movies. Everything now... I mean, I know that Marvel movies have become the new action blockbuster, but those are, I feel like, in their own little genre. I know, not little, but they're in their own genre. They're their own you know, superhero movies. Okay, fine. But I want a pirate movie or a, a monster adventure movie. And Jumanji was kind of like that. Yeah, Jumanji is similar, I guess. It's it just, I guess, because it's still based... Yeah, it's based in the game thing, so it's sure. a little... But, but you're right, it's close. But th- I miss those movies where you just go on this epic adventure, this big... National Treasure. Yeah, it, I mean, that's kind of in the same vein. I guess the Bruckheimer-type movies, those adventure, like Pirates was. So anyway, um, but yeah, we'll see what Blumhouse does. I agree. I'm excited. I mean, anytime you attach Blumhouse to those properties, he's done pretty well. He has like two misses, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. and those so, aren't even technically misses. Like, they're just like... Not financially, but... Right, yeah, but no, yeah. totally, yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Um, uh, and then uh, there's only a couple more in theaters. Uh, like we said, Unhinged was 2.2, so it's about 12 after the four-day weekend. Bill and Ted Face the Music, the movie from last uh, week's podcast, another 835000 estimated for the four-day, uh, which will put it up over $2.3 million total so far. So, I mean, again, found money. It's You're talking about it was on VOD at the same time, and $2.5 million worth of people were like, I'm going to the theater. I'm going <laughs> have to the we heard anything about how much money it might have made on uh, VOD? The uh, the people at United Artists said, insiders that have people, whatever, uh, their sources say they don't expect to ever get the numbers from that. That's gotcha. so weird. Number one on all the charts, but yeah, we don't. I don't think they're going to release it, not like Universal did. So I, I don't know why. I mean, if it was big enough, I think they'd probably brag about it. But right. I'm guessing that it's big. You know, it's really good numbers for streaming. But I'm guessing it's not anything that will like beat the Trolls record. So they don't want to come out with a number that's like we did half of Trolls too. Like, right. what would that? <laughs> they've got the money. They don't really need to brag about that. So anyway, we'll have to see if anything comes up. But not that I know. Why, so here's here's the question I have about that is. So we know that Trolls, but Bill and Ted isn't going to make Trolls money anyway. Right, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Like, even if if you were just doing standard box office reports, it was never going to do what Trolls did. It's just not right. built to. Yeah. No. It's got a, it's got a, I wouldn't say, well, I guess it was built for a certain group of people. Right. But I feel like it has broken out of that mold. I feel like it was a, there's nothing, f- lighthearted comedy was not, is non-existent right now. So I feel like it would have, you would have gotten the people that were going to see it anyway, and then maybe it would have broken out of that, and people were just like, yeah, man, it's just a good, fun movie, and then it would have had another influx of people seeing it. But here's the deal. I think the only thing holding that back, I, I agree that you are getting some of that. I think the majority is going to be the diehards, and they are going to go to the theater as well when they can or the drive-ins, but... 
there's something on Netflix every week that fits that. Bill. Oh, that's fair. That's the that's problem. That all the yeah. the lighthearted comedies that you know. I mean, and not to mention Hulu and Disney Plus and and Peacock and all that stuff has all these offerings. But you know, people that want that type of movie, I think they just wait for Netflix. That's yeah, kind of the mentality. So you have to really want to spend thirty or 30 or 30 was it 25 or 20 dollars to rent it you got to really want to see the movie to spend that type of money because i think they're just like well you know 20 things came out on netflix this week right that's the problem you're going to start running into is it's like they're coming out with all this content they're releasing what a couple hundred things a year over there constantly yeah Um, i mean there's so many things to watch and uh and to play this weekend um i just off the top of my head i'm thinking so there was mulan uh there was i'm thinking of ending things which is the new charlie Hoffman movie on Netflix. So um, you've got uh, the personal history of David Copperfield, which is the uh, fifth movie on the box office for 450,000. And they think we'll make just over a little over a million at the end of the four day weekend. Um, that's the one with Dev Patel based on the uh, Charles Dickens novel, David Copperfield. That is the one movie that's not coming out this year is the the Green King that I'm super oh, bummed. People I'm are like, super bummed that that's not coming but out. But you know what? I think it would have if people bought the other A24 stuff. See, A24, oh. did a, they did a test. Oh, they did? Yeah, their test was, uh, what was the last A24 that just came out? So you can't even think of it. Um, what was the one they released? Oh, crap. I'm totally. I don't know. I'm totally, I, didn't know they did. I didn't know they had done a test. They did. Um, to see if people would pull the trigger on it to see our uh first cow oh well okay first cow was (laughs) no first cow i know that sounds like a dumb title joe but first cow i haven't seen it but like the 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 reviews and audience reaction to it have been Mm -hmm. off the charts really for film fans first cow 96 96 percent on rotten tomato 89 percent meaning that it averages an 89 out of 100 with critics 100 137 reviews on rotten tomatoes to get that score so like that's it's unbelievable unbelievably reviewed film uh you know i have to admit i haven't seen it but but that was the one where i think a24 is like look we've got this thing that's reviewed like crazy people love it and people put it on their best films of the year list like incredible movie and i think that if first cow even though it's a little different genre but still i think if a24 was like yeah we can do vod then yeah. the green knight would be oh man that's the that trailer and i was like yeah dude i don't know what the hell's going on in this movie but sign me up that's the other then, dev patel movie because trailers dropped for the green knight and uh personal history of david copperfield at the same time yeah that's like, right they did yeah dev patel assance is upon us and so <laughs> uh, but anyway so if you want to see that and i really do want to see the david copperfield movie and he's a great actor so i'm excited to see that that's out this weekend um but you do have to pay for that so that is a vod but there's so much stuff coming out it's it's crazy i mean there's little movies that we haven't even mentioned and then when you talk about video games so the avengers game came out this weekend which is like the first serious legitimate open world story adventures game it looks awesome i haven't played it yet i did pre-order it um the little it's not doing all that great in reviews like people some people are not happy with i think the the cg isn't as good as they want and people are expecting to see awful people are expecting (laughs) to see the movies and it's like well yeah that was a weird choice 
they didn't make the characters look like the movies. I probably because they would have to pay a bundle to the uh, MCU actors. But from what I've played, I played the beta and I played uh, the opening of the game, and I thought it was solid. I you Did know you? I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And then uh, the big one for me at least was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two. Yeah, dude, so good. I mean, those games are re- reviewed as still the greatest games of all time. Yeah, because those they are the the original pl- PlayStation. Can you play a Spider Man? Um no, Jack Damn Black. The, J- Jack Black. No, is well, I don't want character. you. You on, on you got Spider Man and Darth Maul. I know on I don't, those games at one point. But uh, those games for the PS4 and Xbox One, like the graphics are incredible and the gameplay is just as good. You can play online now. You have all these challenges and and leaderboards and stuff. So if you're a gamer, uh, it was a busy weekend as well. So there's so much stuff coming out. It's crazy. Um, but pretty much that's the box office because that's what's out at the theater and <laughs> VOD numbers. I mean, are, are virtually non-existent. So I, I really wish we had that to tell because um, I don't know. Maybe someday, maybe if if VOD becomes a bigger thing, maybe they will give it to us. I mean, the the biggest movie of the week probably, uh, by my guess, would be Mulan, and it's our movie we're talking about. I don't but, know how it couldn't be. Like, yeah, right. I agree. But yeah, and that's the most expensive VOD purchase out right. there. But it's a Disney Plus subscription type of add on, so there's no way we'll ever. I mean, unless Disney somehow in their next quarterly earnings sneaks in something that people can tell, like. I don't know how we would ever find out. So the VOD numbers are tricky. They don't really. Yeah, I don't know. I since they're publicly traded, you would think this information would come out in some capacity at some point, right? Well, if it's really, I mean, if it's really, if it does really well, and they want to boost their stock, they can announce it. But the thing is, when they do their quarterly earnings, they break it down by like theme parks, sports, yeah. home video, DVD. So it will just be a home video is up 10% this quarter kind right. of thing. Ah. Unless they are like, hey, we've got this new thing called premium access and 50 million people did it and so we made <laughs> an extra 200 million from one movie. You, like, if that happened, yeah, you'd be hearing about it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they maybe they don't consider it home video. Maybe they bundle it into their Disney Plus numbers. Disney Plus numbers, yeah. Right, and then it would be like, oh, Disney Plus is up 15%. And, right. and they'll say they'll say in the report, like, due to blah, 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 and Mulan, Premium yeah. X. So it's going to be impossible to know what it does, but you have to imagine that's the number one VOD. But by how much, who knows? Yeah, totally. All of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's the box office. Well, thank you, Gavin. You're welcome. So uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them this is joe you can follow me on the twitter at joey butts b-u-t-t-s 21 this is kevin you can follow me on twitter at kevin r bracket and this is tom you can follow me on twitter at roger kubert or on facebook at facebook.com slash tom o'keefe find the show online facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there like the page join the group and of course wherever you're getting your podcast from be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode and we're available on patreon patreon.com slash real spoiler so that's it for this one coming up on the next one we will tackle a new release two weeks in a row do we have the stamina do we have the stamina you will have to wait for kevin to edit and then you'll find <laughs> out. so uh, that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time you've been warned there have been many tales of a warrior she is our protector. I'm Kwa Mulan. Rated PG 13. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.